Hey guys, Pat here, and today we've got Macho Man Randy Savage in to talk a little bit about Bros Let's Talk. Randy, how high up the charts do you think Bros Let's Talk can go? I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. Macho Man, why do you think some people still don't listen to Bros Let's Talk? My curiosity is killing me just like a cat would be killed by the curiosity, yeah. How positive are you that Bros Let's Talk is the best podcast you've ever heard? I say I'm a million percent. That is better than a hundred percent. Alright, one more question for you, Macho Man. One more question! Okay then, well for the rest of you, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play Podcasts or check it out at brosletstalk.podbean.com. That's brosletstalk with no apostrophes.podbean.com. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Now tuning into Bros Let's Talk. Greetings, Bromo Sapiens. Hey, dude. Pat here with Hey, dudes. It's Pat here with Jimmy and Andy for another episode of Bros Let's Talk, the podcast where guys come to be dudes. We're back for our 10th episode, which is kind of crazy thinking back on it, but should be a doozy, especially considering we just got some huge news right before the episode started for the first time ever. Segments include How Do You Like Them Apples, Go to Bat 4, Fork in the Road, and The Goat for a rap album, donut, and 90s fashion slash trend. But as always, we'll start off by shooting the shit, bros. All right, diving right in. Um, we, like Pat just alluded to, we got some huge news maybe a half an hour before we're sitting down to record this. Um, and it's from a topic that we kind of thought was left in the dust, at least for a little bit, with football coming up and everything like that. But it is the NBA and the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers have finally worked out a deal for Kyrie Irving. Um, and the Cavs sent Kyrie Irving to Boston for Isaiah Thomas, which is the big piece. Um, and then Jay Crowder, center Ante Zizic, and Brooklyn's 2018 unprotected first-round pick. So this is pretty huge in the world of the NBA. Uh, all the talks have been going on that Kyrie was asking for a trade, and Cleveland was very happy to give it to him. Um, but... Pat and I were just talking kind of before we recorded this. It's kind of shocking that this went to basically their number one rival in the East. Uh, you figure that Boston and Cleveland were going to be one, two for the next few years, maybe with a few hiccups with uh, Philadelphia, maybe Toronto, but those were definitely the best two teams going there. Obviously Boston just getting Gordon Hayward. So guys, what are your thoughts on the trade who wins that trade? Obviously, everybody always wants to know who's the winner, who's the loser. Uh, what does it mean for the East? What does it mean for the playoffs? Everything and so forth. Well, as we've talked about a little bit before, the NBA offseason continues to be way better than the NBA season and playoffs 
with the inevitability seemingly of the Warriors, Cavs, and the finals. But, I mean, this is this is definitely huge. I think it's a good trade for both sides, to be honest. Kyrie gets out of the shadow of LeBron, gets to be the main guy on a contending team in the East. So it's not like he's going to a shit team. He's going to be probably going head-to-head to LeBron next year for the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think at the end of the day, the big thing that's going to determine who the winner of this trade is is whether or not LeBron James decides to stay in Cleveland beyond this season, which all reports are alluding to the fact that he's pretty much as good as gone after this year. But now you look at this trade, you get a formidable point guard, not as good as Kyrie, but definitely showed he's a scoring point guard who who can make things happen with the ball in his hands in Isaiah Thomas. You get a solid defending wing in Jay Crowder who can shoot the three, and you get that 2018 unprotected pick from the Nets, which, seeing as they were the worst team in the league last year, has a good shot to be the number one pick. So all of a sudden, that's a huge incentive to try and bring LeBron back next year. If they, as we're probably assuming, they'll probably be back to the finals. You know Whether or not they win remains to be seen. The Warriors still seem like the team to beat, but if you can have a deep run with this team, bring all those guys back, and get the number one pick the following year, LeBron would look like kind of a fool walking away from all that, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy to think about because after this year, Isaiah Thomas is a free agent. So they could go from LeBron and Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and whoever else they have in a 2018 pick and only end up with that 2018 pick because LeBron and Isaiah Thomas might leave. At, at the same token... W- when you think about how, how long Danny Ainge held on to those picks, he he could have had Jimmy Butler and Isaiah Thomas and Gordon Hayward, and now he has uh, Kyrie Irving and um, Gordon Howard. So both teams have a chance to win. Both teams also have a chance to lose out. I think the Cavs have more to lose than Boston does. Pat, kind of like you had said, you'd – this is Cleveland's last-ditch effort. Like, hey, I'll get to Isaiah Thomas, so we have someone for the present. We have a pick to draft for the future. Please stay. And if he says no, then worst-case scenario, they have a, a pretty good record after this year, and they'll have most likely a top-three pick next year in, in the NBA draft. So I totally understand why why both teams made the move. Um, I think you're right. It remains to be seen who won, who lost. On paper, it's fair for both teams. The other thing I don't understand is, and you alluded to this also, these are the two main competitors in the East. And you, each team, just help the other get better. I don't really understand why why you would do that. Um, and, and you know damn well that LeBron, when they meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, is just going to be ready to steamroll Kyrie and say, hey, you didn't want to play underneath me. You're nothing without me. So I think it's going to make for a great Eastern Conference Finals series. Arguably could be better than the um, the finals themselves, but that all remains to be seen. It's kind of interesting that you say that about um, Isaiah Thomas potentially leaving next year, LeBron potentially leaving next year. So if they do secure the number one pick this next year with that Brooklyn pick, and that Isaiah will happen Thomas before leaves. free agency. Right. Isaiah Thomas leaves. LeBron leaves. So they're essentially left with no one. Right. 
They get the 2018 pick, but with that new team with essentially, in quotes, no one, they could end up with another lottery pick that next year, and they're straight into a rebuild with basically, I mean, that's a two-year rebuild with two two lottery picks, one of them potentially being the number one. I think that's a pretty good strategy, or at least a good hedge on Dan Gilbert's part to kind of set them up if those pieces do leave, which I think it would be a mistake. I think if I think LeBron, if he sees them get a top three pick, um, I think it would be a mistake for him to leave. Obviously, the enticing thing is the Lakers out west, but if you get a young talent, you're basically reloading with a talent like Kyrie when he when he was the number one pick that went there. So I think it would be enticing for LeBron to stay, and then obviously he'd have to convince Isaiah Thomas to stay. But I think the Cavs did a good job of hedging their future with that 2018 first-round pick uh, from Brooklyn. And then if those guys do end up leaving, you've got a pretty horrible team to to kind of set yourself up for another lottery pick. So I think they kind of made out pretty well in this, at least – from initial impact, I'm looking at them and saying that they're the winner of this trade. Um, Boston gets obviously the upgrade at point guard. Kyrie's much better than Isaiah Thomas. Um, but they do lose Crowder, which was a pretty big piece of their team with the defensive on the defensive side of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think, honestly, I think Boston is kind of net, um, kind of net slap what happened with this trade. But well, I think I think the big thing with them is they they think that Jason Tatum is ready to come in and take over that role that Crowder was playing because he had a good showing in the summer league. He's younger. He's has a higher upside than Crowder ever had. Yeah, but you're counting but a lot on a rookie. That's true. But Jalen Brown, I think they're hoping is going to make the next step too. They have a lot of young pieces in place right. already. They do. I, but yeah, I think I back to what back to what you said, Andy. That I think. Cleveland gave themselves a huge, huge leverage point in being able to lure LeBron to come back and play for them because the big thing is everyone's been saying he's as good as gone. He's going to the Lakers. But when you look at it, we've talked about this before. LeBron is still the best player in the NBA, but he is on the back end of his career as far as years-wise. He's been in the league like 13 years now. Why would you want to spend those last couple of years going out west and having to play the Warriors before even getting to the finals every year when – like you said, they, if they can get Thomas to resign, they still got Kevin Love. You're going to have a top three most likely pick next year. All of a sudden, you've got all these pieces in place to retool and continue to be dominant in the Eastern Conference. It, to me, it wouldn't make any sense for him to leave and go out west where he's going to have to play the Warriors before they even get to the finals every year. Maybe, maybe for the first time in his life, Skip Bayless said something that actually made sense, and that was if LeBron wants to keep chasing the ghost from Chicago, he's got to stay in the East because the East is a cakewalk. He will get to the finals pretty much every year he's on the Cavaliers in the East. Pat, that's a great point. Why would you want to go out West? And not just not just um, the Warriors. You have San Antonio. You have Portland on the rise. You Minnesota. have uh, Minnesota. You have the Rockets. That That's no guarantee that he makes it past the first or second round. There are some good, good teams in the West. And, Pat, you're right. He's going to go out there in the back end of his career and play with a bunch of young guys. I mean, I guess if you want to, to try, go ahead. But I don't see them making the finals with the Lakers. 
even with LeBron on the team, as dominant as he is. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, I guess only time is the only thing that's going to tell who won right. this trade, right. and exactly. you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But moving on, uh, the the big news before this broke this week was Monday. The United States got to witness a total solar eclipse for the first time t- since 1976, and boy, oh boy, were people excited. They had these specially designed glasses that were needed in order to look up directly at it. And basically every place that had them were sold out of stock. Meteorologists all over the U.S. were covering covering the event on TV while simultaneously creaming their pants. Uh, Not going to lie, I was pretty excited about it the more I started to read into it. But in typical Chicago fashion, shitty weather came through and ruined what was supposed to be a really cool moment. The clouds pretty much covered it the entire time until the very end. And it was a total buzzkill, in my opinion. I saw some pictures and videos online that were amazing. And seeing parts of the country go basically pitch black for a couple minutes during right in the middle of the day was pretty cool. So if you're lucky enough to be in one of the cities that got to see the eclipse in totality, you got to see something pretty cool. But for the people in the Chicagoland area, it was a bit of a letdown. Although then I heard afterwards we the next one is slated for April 2024. So, but it will not you pass through it, Illinois. I thought it was going to go through Carbondale. They said. Oh really? You'd still be able to see it from there. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you'd have to go I had south. Heard it, it wasn't. So I must have got bad information. Well, it is what it is. I like I said, I, I got kind of excited for it, not really knowing much about it, and then it just seemed like kind of a letdown. What were your guys' thoughts on the solar eclipse? So. Um, at school, yesterday was our first day at school with the kids, and uh, we were on a no recess unless you had the glasses. So, obviously, I'd, I'd been hearing the lead up to it, and I honestly didn't really give a shit about it. Um, but, Pat, like you, the more I heard about it, the more I saw stories, the more my interest started to peak. So, I went outside. All the, all the, um, like the junior high age kids that had glasses were outside and they were looking up at it. And I took a pair of their glasses and put it on and was able to see through the clouds. And it was, it was pretty cool. It was a lot cooler than I had even imagined it was going to be. Um, the only downfall is I'm, I'm one of those people that if you tell me, like, hey, don't touch the stove, it's hot. I'm like, well, how hot is it? So, I have to touch it and see. So, of course, I looked up at it yesterday. Oh, I, I with, definitely looked up at it with, without the glasses. Yeah, without glasses. Um, only for like a second, so I still have all I'm my... I'm blind today, so, by the way. Yeah, I still have all my vision, but I did get a pretty good headache afterwards, because it was, it was it was bright. It was a lot brighter You're than I thought You're a giant pussy if you didn't look up at that sun without any sunglasses or anything like that. I'm just, I'm saying that. I mean, that's fine, because I, I did look, because I, right, I, exactly. I was looking the entire time. I was looking the entire time up, I'm sorry, not the entire time I looked. I was looking the entire time heading into the eclipse like I knew I was going to look. So it was it was cooler than I thought it was going to be. Um, gave me a bit of a headache. That was my own fault. Um, when it comes in 2024, I'll be equally not as excited and then excited momentarily and then forget all about it again. So I think this was pretty much the biggest hype for any single moment since y2k or when everyone was gonna die right y2k or possibly like darko militich like huge huge hype for this single moment it was like 
two minutes of totality that you were supposed to be able to see if you were down a little bit further south. Um, Chicago is obviously cloud covered, but even I was watching live streams and everything like that. And I looked at it, I was like, all right, like, I, I get it. It's, it's cool that it's rare, but I was able to look up with the sunglasses and see it at whatever it was, 80% or anything like that. And then I was kind of done with it. I, I couldn't believe that there was so much hype building up to this. And then there were like weathermen that were on there. Tom Skilling literally bawled on air and just looked like the biggest idiot in the world. Like this was the second coming of Christ. And he's on there crying on live television as this eclipse is happening. Like, all right, Tom, you were probably there for the last one back in the 70s. Like, calm down a little bit. And I, I, I'm just, I thought it was completely overhyped. I'm anti-eclipse, I guess, if you want to say that. But I just thought the whole thing was overblown. I saw it. I thought it was cool. But I cannot. Did you guys see the video of Sarah Jessica Parker? Yeah. Oh no, my I, God. I, I try to insane. avoid things that she's if, involved with. If you, I didn't know. I didn't know horses were allowed to look at the solar eclipse. <laughs> if you guys get a chance, go on, check out her Instagram, and she has a video of her seeing the solar eclipse and completely freaking out, like sh- it's the greatest thing to ever happen on the face of the earth. It's so, so absurd. My, f- uh, fun fact about Tom Skilling. Um, Pat and my grandpa um, had Alzheimer's when he passed away, and he was like the kindest, most gentle person you you've ever met. But then, when his Alz, when he started to experience symptoms from Alzheimer's, his his the way he talked kind of changed. Things he would say kind of changed. So one day we're we're visiting him and we're watching the news, and Tom Skilling comes on and he goes, "Get that asshole off my TV!" And we're like, <laughs> "What, Good Grandpa? What's going on?" He's like, "I can't stand this guy." So now every time. Tom Skilling would come on, he would start swearing at him, and now every time I see Tom Skilling, it makes me think of my grandpa and his and this hatred he hid for him all these years. The, well, it the, looks like he was spot on with that reaction that he yeah, had Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, the two musty videos is Tom Skilling crying on live television and Sarah Jessica Parker freaking out like it's the greatest thing to ever grace our fine planet. My favorite story that I read in the lead-up, because I was just reading into all the glasses and everything, and this guy was talking about how he looked at the sun um, when during the last eclipse, and he has eye issues now. And when they're interviewing the guy, he goes, yeah, it was either that that I looked into the sun while the eclipse is going by, or this other time when I took LSD and stared into the sun for four hours straight. <laughs> It's Either like, or, uh, I can't. Yeah. I can't figure out which one it was. Pretty sure it was the drop in acid <laughs> and staring right into the sun for four hours. It was just a fun tidbit, but See, I was dying. Every laughing. every headline I saw of that guy conveniently left that part out. They they did not tell you that he was tripping on LSD, staring at the sun for four hours. So yeah, because he that's... was he was the guy that they could use as don't look into the sun. This will happen to you and some old guy. But turns out, as Pat just alluded to, he was just tripping on LSD and stared into the sun for four hours. That, pretty much. That, that, that's a pretty great story. <laughs> okay, so um, speaking of controversy, um, I don't even know if we talked about controversy right now, but totally. Um, 
The the Chicago Bears seem to have a little bit of a QB controversy going on. Last week, Pat's topic was Mitchell Palooza and how great he played in his first preseason game. Um, second preseason game wasn't as great. I wasn't expecting it to be. But he still showed that he's an athlete. He moves well. He's extremely accurate. He has a cannon for an arm. And then you see Mike Lennon play before that, and it's just... Six eight guy in cleats who has a long windup, who stares down his receivers, who does not move well in the pocket, not very mobile. And the thing I don't understand is why is it not a true competition? Why? And Adam Hogue from WGN reported on this. He said last year Fox said um, nothing is guaranteed for Jay Cutler to be the starting quarterback. Okay, so Jay Cutler, better than both of these two, was not guaranteed a job, but Mike Lennon, who the Bears were the only team to go after him. They paid him $18 million. They could have paid him $3 million a year for two years because no other team was interested, and they guaranteed him a starting job, yet it's not a competition, and I, I, I don't understand. This week, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, and Deshaun Watson were all playing with the number twos while Trubisky is still stuck with the threes, and I... I, I I don't get it. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are about the competition itself and the coaching staff in front office and why they're feeding us all this bullshit. Who's playing with well, their twos right now? Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Ah, Who doesn't Sanchez. even need to play in the preseason. But, Jimmy, I think that you said it all in, in your intro there that the Bears gave him $18 million to bring him in as the starting quarterback, and now they don't want to look like they have egg on their face for – Again, being the only team to pursue this one player, overpaying him. He's making more money than Aaron Rodgers this year. He's making the same amount of money as Tom Brady. Yeah, and <laughs> and they don't want to offer up all that money and then, and then have him benched before the regular season even starts. And the worst thing about it is you can tell that Glennon's confidence is wavering. Gone. And each, each game in the postgame, his press conferences, he's just saying – well, this is my season. I was told this is my season where we're talking about a league where nothing is guaranteed. You look at the Patriots. They have guys who make the Pro Bowl and then they're traded they're gone the next year, halfway through the year. Or they're cut. They don't care. It's it's all about performance. And like you said, Trubisky's only been playing against third stringers. So it's a little bit harder to gauge. But just from what you see on the field is someone who has the skill set that's necessary to be a good quarterback in this league. And then you watch Glennon play. And he just doesn't. And, you know, to be fair, they've played the Broncos and the Cardinals so far, and that's two really good defenses as far as going against first stringers. But that's what the NFL is. You know, everyone's first string is pretty good for the most part. And he just doesn't look like a starting quarterback in the NFL. And it is frustrating that there's not an actual competition because if you look around the rest of the league, minus, you know, maybe eight teams that have for sure starting quarterbacks, there's competition all over the place, and there's no reason a guy who you traded up to take with the number two pick gave up two draft picks, three draft picks to get him. There's no reason he shouldn't have the option to compete right now. It sucks. I, I think you nailed it right on the head with them just not wanting to look like they've got egg on their face with that contract. Um, I, I will say that as much as preseason sure you can try and dictate like what the rookies are going to do what your i guess glennon as their starter is going to do um 
I think it would be quick to for them to make a rash decision to just name Trubisky the starter. Oh, I agreed. I, I agree 100%. completely. I just wish there was an actual competition going on. Right, and I, th- I think that's going to be more so the case come week three, week four, if Glennon does end up struggling in the regular season. Like you said, they went up against the Broncos and the Cardinals. He got taken for pick sixes by Tyron Matthew and Chris Harris, which are arguably two of the best defensive players in the league. Um, I just... You have to you have to at least consider that Trubisky has to be your two. Like Mark well, Sanchez has right. no business being there. You've got to give him some some playing time against at least the twos, and then go from there. You got you can't just be like you can't throw Trubisky in there and be like, all right, you've done awesome in the preseason. We're gonna throw you out there week one. But if Glennon does end up start to falter, starting to falter, and the team's bad. I mean. Yeah. To be completely honest. So he's no, he's not 100%. put in a place to succeed. Um but at least if he goes out there and he throws four picks, obviously that's on him. That's not really on his offensive line or his receivers or anything like that. Right. So you gotta see how he performs against the competition, the guys in the north and everything like that. And then I think come week four, week five, week six, if he's truly struggling against every single team that he's played, you gotta give it a shot. That's that's my opinion. Well, the way I look at it is it almost seems like an inevitability that Trubisky is going to be starting at some point during the season just because of how bad Glennon looks. If that's going to be the case, why not put him out there right now with first and second team reps in the preseason so he can get those out of the way, and when that time comes during the regular season, he's experienced that a little bit. He's not just coming into it, oh, I was awesome in the preseason, only playing against third stringers. If you think there's a chance he's going to start at any point this year, you got to get him in there against first, second stringers. So what happens if he goes out there in the preseason against the first team in week three where the first teamers play essentially like two and a half, three quarters? What if he goes out there and sucks? Well, then we know. Right, agreed. And then, and then, and then we can be okay with Glennon being the starter and Trubisky kind of staying Just back and learning from that. Exactly, but but you don't know until you put him out there with those guys, and I think that's when you take a guy that high, you can't be afraid to put him in. You don't, you know, he doesn't need a learning year. I know he didn't play much in college, but you took him with the number two pick in the draft. Usually, with your number two pick in the draft, he ends up being a starter for your team. So it's just a little bit frustrating, I guess, from a Bears fan perspective because. He looks – it's not even who he's playing against. It's just the way that he carries himself, his abilities you know, to move out of the pocket, move up in the pocket, his arm strength. He looks like he has the tools to be a good quarterback, but we'll never know until he gets those reps. Sanchez looks like he is playing better than Mike Lennon. What does that tell you? He that went to tells what, you that Mike two Lennon straight sucks. AFC championships? Yep. Yeah, Jets. and he started as a rookie. Yeah. So – it is what it is. I guess we'll see what happens. Agreed. Keeping with keeping with the NFL theme here, though, uh, the season is about to get underway in a couple weeks, and with a new season comes more national anthem protests. So far through the preseason, we've seen Marshawn Lynch and Michael Bennett sit on the bench while Malcolm Jenkins continued his protest from last year where he held up the black power fist for the entirety of the anthem. Uh, Marshawn tried to brush it off, saying he's been doing it his whole career, even though there's video evidence of him standing during previous seasons. Michael Bennett's come out, said he will do 
do it all season to bring attention to racial injustice and police brutality. Jenkins has mentioned he will continue to do what he did last year to support the movement Kaepernick started. And we also saw some white players show support for the first time. Chris Long put his arm around Jenkins as he held up the fist. Derek Carr put his arm around Khalil Mack during the anthem to show unity. And Justin Britt stood next to Bennett with his hand on his shoulder to show him support. And then most recently, in Monday night's game between the Browns and Giants, 12 members of the Cleveland Browns gathered in a circle to take a knee, including the first white player to do so, which is backup tight end Seth DeValve. Obviously, these protests aren't going anywhere anytime soon. How do you guys feel about the protests, and do you think that this is actually doing anything to bring awareness to the situations? The only thing that it's really doing is keeping it in the headlines, um, I, which is, I guess... I guess what they're trying to do is they're just trying to bring awareness to the fact that they're upset about something. And no matter what the topic is, as long as they're keeping their movement relevant, um, I guess they're doing their job. And they're already on teams. They're in positions to where, at least for the most part, they're not going to get cut because of what they're doing. Um, Kaepernick obviously did what he did last year, and now he doesn't have a job because of it. But these guys are going out in the preseason. They're taking their stance, which I I can appreciate the movement and everything like that and just trying to bring awareness to what they believe is wrongdoing. Um, but I, it's just I'm, I'm not sure what they're doing is exactly going to make a difference. It's just keeping their name in the news, which it's kind of just floating at water level at that point you're never rising above and making drastic differences in the nfl or in the country or anything like that you're just kind of keeping the movement relevant and that's about it um i have absolutely no issue with it at all um i think that over these last couple weeks we had to watch nazi white supremacists have the right to march and gather and give them their freedom of speech. I have absolutely no issue um, watching NFL players kneel peacefully or hold up a hand peacefully or unite peacefully for something they stand for. Um, Andy, I agree with you. I, I wish that more people would be like Colin Kaepernick and put their money where their mouth is. I talked about this a few weeks ago. Kaepernick has donated 800000 out of a million dollars that he pledged so far, and he provides an itemized itinerary of where that money is going. Like he he um, I think so, or uh, donated to a um, women's and children's shelter and it was like twenty five thousand is going for classes for for help ten thousand is going for new beds five thousand is going like he itemizes what he's doing so he's actually putting his money where his mouth is and he's trying to make a difference so I hope that in their continued efforts to protest they also put their money where their mouth is and and start making a difference for something that they believe in. I agree. I, that's the one thing. It, it's one thing to, to do the protest to bring awareness to it, but then they have to take it the next step further. And like you said, put their money where their mouth is, but bringing awareness only does so much. You have to take the next step to prove that you want to be a part of the change that you want to see. Right. Okay. Moving on to, uh, the biggest event we've been talking about it. Maybe since our first episode, maybe first or second episode, 
Uh, and it's finally here, Saturday night, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Um, the matchup that we've all been waiting for, all the shit talk, all the controversy, all the money. A um, lot of money. A lot of money. So much money. It is finally here. And so Saturday night, we've kind of built up to this. Uh, it took a little bit of a lull after all their press conferences and everything like that. Um, this past week, uh, we had Conor McGregor releasing all these sparring videos with um, with his trainer. And some people are claiming that, you know, this could be a little bit of a ploy, saying, you know... Um, kind of trying to hype himself up that he's making this guy look like a fool out there. Um, and the whole firing of his trainer and everything like that. So now that we're finally here, um, the odds, I remember when this first came out that they were going to fight, we talked about the Vegas odds and those have flattened great time. Um, big time. I think Connor's getting like plus 300 now. Uh, Floyd's, down to around minus 600 or something like that. Uh, and it started out where Connor was, I think, like 9-1 to one or something to win that fight. So um, now that we're finally here, I know I th- all three of us are going to be watching. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the fight? It's finally here. What do you guys expect? Um, I'm just I'm, – I'm hoping for a good fight, I believe – both fighters agreed to drop the glove size to eight ounces, yep. which I think is favors McGregor. Um, I'm just hoping for a good fight. I'm hoping for better than uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao. Um, I I have a feeling that Connor is going to go after him the first couple of rounds because I think that's really the only chance that he stands is to, you know, first three, four rounds to go after him. And if, if you don't knock him out, then it's going to be really tough for him because Floyd does not get hit. He just, he's, he doesn't. As, as boring as that may seem to people, and when I watched the Pacquiao fight, it was it was really boring to me. But as I watched like more and more video of it, and it's an art how he's able to get out of the way of punches. So I think this fight is going to be better than I initially thought it was going to be because we'll see Floyd's defensive tactics and we'll see McGregor's southpaw unorthodox boxing style and hopefully it'll produce a fight that lives up somewhat to the hype I don't think it's gonna live up to all the hype unless Floyd knocks him out or or yeah Floyd knocks McGregor out or McGregor knocks Floyd out um but yeah I'm just hoping for a good fight yeah Jimmy you mentioned it a little bit I think the thing that I don't think McGregor is gonna win but I think the thing that gives him somewhat of a chance is his unorthodox style. Obviously, he's a southpaw to begin with, but he's coming from the UFC. Even in the UFC, he's very unorthodox with the way that he approaches his fighters. He's always got these goofy stances and everything, and those kind of things I feel like just get in fighters' heads because someone like Floyd, who's been fighting traditional boxers his entire career, knows what to look for. But with this guy, he doesn't really know what to look for. And, and I just think that what you said also that he's got to try and knock him out in the first couple rounds. He came out in an interview on ESPN. He said that he's prepared to go 12 rounds, but he, he also thinks he could knock him out in 10 seconds. So we'll see about that. That's I McGregor think, for you. Exactly. The confidence, you got to love it. But 
I'm just glad that it's finally here. There's been so much hype and talk coming up to it. Even earlier, I saw Floyd came out and said he thinks McGregor's still 10 pounds overweight. Yeah, I saw that too. He doesn't think he's going to make weight. He's going to make weight. Guys in the UFC cut weight all the time. And I'm just excited to see what happens. I want to see a knockout, hopefully by McGregor. I'm pulling for McGregor, but... The last couple Floyd Mayweather fights I've watched were just defensive, boring fights. Um, I'd, I'd want to see a knockout. That's what I watch boxing for. The good old days of of heavyweights like Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis knocking people out in the first round seem to be gone. And honestly, if McGregor can somehow pull out this victory, that will be maybe the demise of boxing as a sport because you have a guy who's been training for eight months all of a sudden taking someone out who's been undefeated and considered by some to be the best boxer of all time. He's well, too, that, too small, in my opinion, but some people say that. That's the other um, kind of controversy that's hit the interwebs. Um, people are saying that, and I, personally, I think Floyd's ego is too big for this, but they're saying that boxing's always been a somewhat fixed sport. Um, it's kind of been well known for that. And that's why it kind of lost its luster after the Tyson era. Um, people are saying that potentially they could stage this fight so that Connor wins and then almost make this like a three volume fight around two where Floyd comes back and wins and then a third and final settle it all match because there's so much money involved in this fight. That's, that's kind of been the rumor that's been floating around the last week or so is that that could potentially be what's going on. Obviously you don't want to assume that anything's fixed or anything like that, but that is what's been floating around. I really hope that's not the case. Right. I think you're right too, Andy, that, that that would be crazy if they did that, but I think Floyd's ego is just way too big, especially this would put him at 50 and Oh, I just, I don't see him conceding like that, but we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to talking about it next week. That's for damn sure. Yep, absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right, so we'll transition into our first segment for this week, and it is How Do You Like Them Apples? Do you like apples? Yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? Which I think we've done it once before. It's basically we just each pick a situation uh, where something kind of unexpected happens. And yeah, so Andy, why don't you get us started? All right. So my candidate for How Do You Like Them Apples uh, goes to Anquan Bolden, a pretty storied wide receiver uh, in the league for I think 10 plus years, uh, kind of floated up alongside uh, Larry Fitzgerald with the Arizona Cardinals, and then he's kind of been a journeyman the last few years. But um, on August 7th, I believe, he signed with the Buffalo Bills, and then shortly after, the Buffalo Bills traded Sammy Watkins away. So Anquan Bolden was kind of in line to be either their number one or number two wide receiver. Um, He recently told the head coach, um, I'm all in on the Buffalo Bills, and he was willing to give them a full season of his full effort and everything like that. And just yesterday, he announced his retirement. 13 days after telling the head coach that he was all in on this season, he got a $1 million signing bonus. It's still unclear whether or not he's going to pay that back or the Buffalo Bills will ask for that back. But just 
kind of out of nowhere he's saying that he wants to go and fight the bigger fight he was influenced by the uh the protest down in charlottesville and everything like that and that's what kind of made him make this decision to retire so just out of nowhere anaquan bolden retiring after he signs with the buffalo bills and then tells his head coach that he's all in on this season just that's how it goes, I guess. How do you like them apples? Can't say I blame him for not wanting to stay with the Buffalo Bills. Ah, that's a good point. Super cold up there. And very snowy. All right, uh, my story is, um, I guess, a little happier. I guess that one wasn't sad because he's leaving to go do good things. But um, in the Little League World Series the other night, uh, Venezuela defeated the Dominican Republic 3-2 to on a two-run walk-off triple by Omar Romero. Um, it was awesome for the Venezuelans, obviously, but it was a really tough loss for uh, the Dominican pitcher, Edward Yusida, um, who I guess had been nearly unhittable during the tournament. Um, so he was obviously super upset. His team just lost. He thinks because of him. So he fell to the mound and started uh, sobbing. And almost as soon as he hit the ground, the Venezuelan um, coaches and players from the other team came to console him. They were, like, giving him hugs and high fives and talking to him. And I just thought it was a really cool scene, um, especially for the Little League World Series, because as exciting as it is and as much as people get into it, they're still they're children in this spotlight. They don't know how to handle their emotions. They don't know how to really handle the, the gravity of what's going on. So it was just really cool to see that kind of sportsmanship and you know, those kids could have beat him and said F you or said whatever they wanted to say, but instead they went and helped to uplift them. And you just, you don't see a lot of that nowadays. So I just thought it was a really cool story. How do you like them, Apple? Kudos to Venezuela for that. I saw that too. It was, it was a cool moment. Definitely. All right. My candidate for How Do You Like Them Apples goes out to the TV show Kevin Can Wait, which stars Kevin James who is best known for his roles in The King of Queens, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, and The Grown Ups movies. And I mentioned King of Queens. I think that's highly underrated show. Great show. Probably the, probably the best thing Kevin James has done to date. Hands down. Since he, yeah, he basically just rides the coattails of Adam Sandler now. Which yes, good brief, for him. Brief side note. I'm of the belief that if Chris Farley was still alive, Kevin James wouldn't have a career because he just kind of slid into that funny fat guy role. And Chris Farley was way funnier than Kevin James. So that's a really just throwing that out there. Point. I never thought just of that. Throwing that out there. But beside that's besides the point. Back to King of Queens. Uh, one of the best parts you mean of that Kevin show. Kevin No. King of Queens first. Oh. I was so confused. One, Sorry. It's pretty much the same same show with about a twenty year gap in between. Right. Exactly. well that's kinda of what I'm getting to. So one of the best parts of King of Queens was that Kevin James character, Doug Heffernan. And his wife, Carrie, played by former Scientologist Leah, is it Remini? Yes. I believe it's Remini. I believe so. Okay, Leah Remini. Their on-screen, on-screen chemistry and constant back-and-forth bickering and the tender relationship moments they share is really what made that show so likable and made you want to watch it. And apparently CBS agrees with my assessment of their on-screen relationship because they made a very interesting decision for season two of Kevin Can Wait. Um, back in June, they made the decision to fire Aaron Hayes, who played Kevin's wife in the first season. And Leah Remini had a, a re- reoccurring role on the show, and she made an appearance in one episode, I believe, on season one. 
and not so her character basically just got killed off season two is going to begin after the death of her character and it's going to fast forward a little bit in time and not shortly after Hayes was fired they promoted Remini's role from recurring guest to season regular she plays an undercover cop and the new season will feature Kevin working for her at a security company now you don't need to read too hard between the lines to see what happened here Aaron Hayes was fired basically to make room for Leah Remini's character to slide in as the love interest for Kevin James' character. It's kind of a weird move considering uh, the show was last season's number one new comedy and averaged 9.1 million viewers. But I guess CBS is hoping that the old on-screen couple can reignite the flame, keep the show going. So, kind of a weird move. Yeah. How do you like them, Definitely, Definitely bizarre, just essentially making the exact same show as King of Queens. Hollywood is just running out of ideas for everything. Yeah. Seriously. That's pretty crazy. All right. Uh, going on to our next segment, uh, we've got Go to Bat for. Which basically um, each person gives another co-host a topic. And the other person, the the other person has to basically defend what is being thrown at them, whether it's controversial topics that they that the person has brought up in the media recently, or just any situation that needs defending. So I'm throwing this topic to Jimmy, and it's going to be the NFL preseason, where there are constantly injuries. Uh, two years ago, Jordy Nelson notoriously tore his ACL on a non-contact injury. I brought this up because last night Odell Beckham sprained his ankle. Uh, Brandon Marshall came out of last night's game with a back injury. So it's been talked about for years, get, dealing away with the preseason. Uh, head coaches are trying to limit the amount of time that their starters are in there just for the exact same reason. So, Jimmy, I'm throwing it at you to defend the preseason as best you can. Okay, well, you, I, I thought you summed it up nicely. I, I think the preseason should be used for second, third, and bubble guys um, so the coaches can, can accurately evaluate them um, in real games, um, not simulated practices, um, and really see who has a chance to make the team and to make the team better. Um, I, I don't think the preseason has any place for starters more than a series or two just to go out there again, face different competition, see how they're doing shape wise. And then that's it. Um, but to, to eliminate the preseason, I think it would be a mistake. I don't think there's anything wrong with cutting it down to two games, but yes, coaches, uh, evaluate and practice, but it's the same guys against the same guys every single day. And, if the Bears' defense is kicking ass in practice because the Bears' offense sucks, what is that really telling them? No, you want to go out and you want to see the Bears' defense against other teams. So I do think it should be shortened. I think getting rid of the preseason would be a mistake. Um, I also think that if you get rid of the preseason, that means you're going to add more regular season games, which means more playing time for the superstars and more of their body getting beat up and potential injury. So the preseason should be used for the second, third, and bubble guys to see if they can make the team, and starters should see minimal action. Thank you. Well done. Solid. 
All right, Pat, um, my go to bat for is for you, and I need you to attempt to defend the University of Southern California, also known as USC. They just recently had a, I believe, $700 million um, renovation where they updated uh, their campus and brought out some, some new features. And one of the things they did, I believe, in the film school, which they have a pretty famous film school, um, they constructed a William Shakespeare statue. And while doing this on the statue, they spelled Shakespeare's last name wrong. <laughs> they forgot an E at the end. Um, so not only did they make this horrific mistake, but UCLA actually caught it and called them out on it. So I need you to defend USC and their $700 million blunder. I apologize for laughing. That's the first I heard that story. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I looked into this a little bit, and apparently there have been 20 different variations of the way William Shakespeare's name has been spelled over the years. So there's one. Two... It's clear that we're living in a day and age where if you don't like something about history, you could just go get it changed. So, you know, with the Confederate statues, that's one thing. People want to bring those down. I understand that. I saw a story last week that a pastor in Chicago wants the names of Jackson and Washington Park changed because they used to be slave owners. So... We're in a day and age where if you don't like history, you can just go back and erase it. So maybe USC just didn't like that, how it was spelled traditionally. And they're like, you know what? This is how we think it is. This is a safe space. We're going to spell it. But essentially, the question comes down to to E or not to E. That is the question. And in their case, it was not to E. Yeah, that that was nicely done. Very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, Andy, this one's for you. I'm going to make you go to bat for Major League Baseball umpires. Last week, Angel Hernandez threw Ian Kinsler of the Detroit Tigers out of a game after he looked back and said something to him following a strike call he didn't like. After the ejection, Kinsler got in Hernandez's face and was visibly upset and animated for being tossed. After the game in the post-game press conference kinsler told reporters that hernandez should find a new job because he sucks at this one which prompted a ten thousand dollar fine which is extremely high for a baseball fine the umpires apparently were hoping for a suspension and when that didn't happen they started wearing white wristbands during games to show solidarity and bring awareness to abusive behavior towards them so these guys make pretty penny Being MLB umpires, yes, they receive unfair treatment sometimes, but that's part of the job description. Andy, go to bat for these dudes. So you said it exactly best. Um, MLB umpires, I believe, in the league, or in all leagues, get treated the most unfairly. Um, They're left out in the open more than any other league. Up until, what, two years ago, they had no instant of instant replay or anything like that, so it was all up to their just the eye and it's happening in real time and everything like that. Obviously you now have a little bit where you can get challenged calls and things like that. So they get helped a little bit. Um, But other than that, no other league has 
players coming up and screaming in their faces or potentially like bumping them or anything like that. You just saw in a soccer game the other day, Cristiano Ronaldo basically tapped the back of a referee and got suspended five games for that. And I just think that MLB umpires are on the short end of the stick as far as overall sports referees go. Um, NFL referees, if anybody got in the face of them, they'd be 15-yard penalty. The next one, they'd be thrown out of the game, and NFL coaches would be reaming out their players. Instead, in baseball, if a player gets in an ump's face and gets tossed, then the coach gets out there and gets in the ump's face, and then they get tossed. So it just... I think they're the least protected referees for any other for any of the sports out there. So I I'm going to bat for everyone except Joe West. Let's just be clear about that because Idiot. that guy's a huge asshole. So Jimmy, did you see yeah. uh, some Cubs fans getting yeah. Joe West's autograph? <laughs> yes, last I was week. embarrassed. What was that all about? In their defense, they were children and probably don't know how much of a douche Joe West is, but their parents should know. So exactly. Um, uh, real quick, one of the greatest, maybe not greatest, but one of the funniest things I'll ever remember is I was watching uh, 24-7 Road to the Stanley Cup. Um, I don't remember what teams it was, um, but two guys got in a fight on the ice, and this NHL ref skates up. He's like, you know what? Fuck you both. Get in the box. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I've never seen an official talk to a player like that. It was so cool. They were both like, wait, what? No, no, okay, we're sorry. He's like, nope, fuck you both. Get in the box. It was awesome. That's exactly what NHL refs do. And you, I mean, every sport is so different to where NFL referees, you probably don't get any chirping back like that. But then at the same time, NFL players don't normally get in the face of NFL referees. Then NHL refs, they'll just go out there and most of them are former hockey players. So they just talk like the rest of the players on the ice swearing to each other and everything like that. And then there's the MLB where... If you cross any sort of dotted line, you're getting tossed out of the game. Then you're getting in the face of the ump. Then your manager's getting out there kicking dirt on the plate and everything like that. And that umpire's got to bend over and clean off that plate. That's a lot of extra work. It's a very good point. I never thought of that. Well done, Andy. Well done. Bueller. Bueller. All right. Sorry, guys. That's me. I was having a I was having a glitch in my phone. Okay, so our next segment is uh, Fork in the Road, which is where um, each host will ask the other two hosts a would-you-rather type question, and they have to give their best answer. Um, we did this last time, and it worked out really well. I was really excited with it. Um, so I'm going to start. This question is for both Pat and Andy. Um, it's a football related question. Uh, it'll differ for each of you because you each like different teams. So Pat will be the bears. Andy will be the Packers. Would you rather have explosive diarrhea every time your favorite football team scores or explosive diarrhea every time a drive stalls? Oh shit. Well, I'm a bears fan. So I'm going to go every time they score because they'll have more Stalled drives than touchdowns. Probably. I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. Oh, man. It's got to still be stalled drives for me, only because even the best teams in the NFL, and the Packers have one of the best offenses in the NFL, they're still going to stall out more than they are going to score. So, and... Pl- 
Plus, after a stalled drive, you can just run to the bathroom. If they score a touchdown, you're going to be celebrating shit in your pants. It's going to be a disaster. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> you should you should be punished the same as your team for a stalled drive. You don't want to be shit in your pants for a touchdown while you're feeling sorrow and they're feeling happiness. So, Both excellent points. It's a good one. All right, I'll go next. I tried to think of a better question this week. My first one was kind of kind of sucked, but... All right, would you rather, this is for both of you, would you rather never be able to eat meat again or never be able to drink alcohol again? Fuck. I would rather give up booze all day. All day. All day, every day. Not even a competition. When I think, just just off the top of my head, every single restaurant or food I think I named in our other goats or mock drafts had meat involved. Yes, we did one alcohol specific one, but fine. Then I'll just I'll just start doing drugs. I, Jim, I, <laughs> <laughs> Jim, I think I'm on the same page as you. Um, it would certainly lead to a healthier lifestyle, that's for sure. Um, I sure as hell don't want to be a vegetarian, and no no docs on any vegetarians or vegans, anything like that. I just love eating red meat, and I could do, I think I could do away with the alcohol in kind of conjunction with being able to eat red meat the rest of my life. Yeah. Jimmy, you're right. Just become a big Coke guy now. Right. Like, so I can't eat meat anymore, but I'm about to become a drunk. Like I'm going to just drink all the time because I can't eat meat. I'm like, oh, man, good, fuck this. I can't have Taco Bell. I'm going to go rip some shots. That's, that's a horrible idea. That was you're, a really good you're question. You're basically leading a life to an out al- to becoming an alcoholic. If you can't eat red meat. So, and that's a fact. All right. Uh, going to my question. Um, this is encapsulating TVs, TV shows and movies. Would you rather watch TVs and movies in standard definition for the rest of your life or black and white for the rest of your life? Dude, fuck you. <laughs> right, we're so spoiled with HD. I like that one. I ah. think I'm going to have to go with black and white because anytime I see standard definition, it just it drives me nuts. Pisses me off more than I'd care to admit. Our lives were lived um, in standard definition, though, for pretty much the first 15 years of our lives. Yeah, but that's See, like saying it's funny. you were a virgin and then you had sex with a girl and now you have to go back. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, well, it's funny that you mentioned that, Andy, because living with HD, it's like standard def might as well just be black and white because we're so used to, to the high def. That's a very good but point. I think that I would still go standard def just because the color. Really? Yeah. the col- I mean, the color is huge. You see everything in black and white. It's. I don't know. I, I never liked movies that were in black and white. We grew, like you said, we grew up watching standard deaf stuff. So I think I'd be able to go back. It would be hard at first, but could you imagine watching a football game and basically it being like that one uh, color rush game between the Bills and the Jets, where all the colorblind <laughs> people couldn't tell what team was which? It's very true. See, I just plus, I don't think I can go back. Especially now that, it, that there's like 4K TVs. I mean, come on. You can't go to standard. So you're going to have a 55-inch TV that's standard definition? No way. 
You're going to have a 55-inch TV that's just black and white? See, I think the black and white is more of a big deal for movies and TV shows than it is for sports. Right. It's a good question. All around good question tonight, I think. Right? This, this is a good segment. This is a really good yeah, segment. We'll keep, we'll keep these coming more than usual just because, yeah, it's another good one. Which brings us to our final segment of the episode, which is the GOAT. done these a couple times too basically what we do if you haven't listened to this before we've we take three topics and we each decide what we consider our goat or greatest of all time it's an acronym in case you haven't heard of it and this week's topics are rap album donut and 90s fashion trends so who wants to go first are we doing rap album first yeah we'll do rap album first i'll go first with that Um, okay. So I had a lot of candidates, um, and I won't say any of them so as not to ruin potentially any of your guys. Um, but I ended up falling on one album that kind of not so much started, but really developed my taste in rap music. Um, and that was Tupac's All Eyes on Me. Um, the album includes Ambitions as a Rider, All About You. Uh, Two of America's Most Wanted, Life Goes On, California Love, I Ain't Mad At Ya. I mean, basically, Tupac's Greatest Hits album is like 75% of this album. And a majority of his hits, when you go back and look at, they all came off of this album. So it was a huge album for me um, as far as becoming or becoming a huge Tupac fan. Um all those huge songs off of that album. So that's going to be my GOAT rap album. And once you guys are finished, I'll list off my honorable mentions. All right. Um, mine is, um, and like you said, I had I had a, a number of albums I could have gone with, but I picked one that um, had more meaning to me because it was the first rap album I ever bought. Um, and Pat, you were actually with me when I did it. Um, we were... We were at Oak Brook Mall with Mom, and you and I went to, I think it was Sam Goody or Sam, no, maybe Sam Ant. No, not. Sam Goody. Yeah, Her, okay, so Sam, Sam Goody. Goody. So, so um, I bought two CDs that day. I bought Slipknot, and I bought 2001 by Dr. Dre. And that had songs on it, uh, still DRE, Forgot About Dre, and the next episode. And I'll never forget. I knew mom wouldn't be okay with it, so we were. I mean, there was a weed leaf on the album. Correct. Yes, and the (laughs) Slipknot album had a bunch of crazy clowns on the cover. So we were at the. So Mike was with us, um, and he was in a stroller. So I tried hiding the CDs in the stroller, and mom picked them up. Was like, "What the hell is this? Where did this come from?" And I knew she'd have that reaction, so I I took the wrapper off. So Mike bought it. Yeah, yeah, it was Mike, (laughs) Um, and that album has just always had. A special place for me because that's when I really started to like music and it was the first rap album I ever bought and it still holds a test of time to this day. So mine Def- is uh, 2001 Dr. Dre. Definitely was in Bold. my honorable mentions. 
both great albums. Forgot About Dre is my go-to karaoke song, so yes, it can't is. hate on that at all. So similar to you guys, I thought about going with ones that more so albums that got me into rap when I was younger, but a couple of years ago I decided to go on a conquest and go through a list of perceived best rap albums of all time and listen to all of them all the way through so I could really kind of take it all in and, and give what my opinion was the best rap album. And to me, I fell on Illmatic by Nas. Great, great album. I mean, it's uh, it's quick, it's to the point, it's 10 songs, 40 minutes, but every song just spits fire, every single song. He's got uh, New York State of Mine, Life's a Bitch, The World is Yours, It Ain't Hard to Tell. There's just tons of good songs on it. Nas is one of the best lyricists, I think, of all time. And to me, just listening through all the albums, that was the one that stood out to me because there wasn't a song on the CD that I didn't like. So that's going to be my goat, Illmatic by Nas. Nice choice. Shout out what to... Were your, what were your guys' other uh, honorable mentions? Marshall Mathers LP. That was had on that mine as well. As well. Uh, 2001. I also had 2001. Yep. And I had... Uh, uh, I, had, I also uh, had The Chronic, too. The Chronic, yeah. Uh, Andy, uh, Ready to Die. I had yeah. All Eyes on Me as well. I had Straight Outta Compton. And I college had, Dropout. I had College, college Dropout. College I was Dropout was, was my other one. That was my later one that I was considering after I was into music and everything like that. And one of my favorite albums still to this day is Stankonia by uh, Outkast. Yeah. Love that album. All right, let's move on to Donut. Jimmy, why don't you go first? Boom. Okay, so this this did not take um, but a minute for me to figure out. I love a chocolate-glazed Krispy Kreme donut with sprinkles. It. I, I don't know what it is about it. It's You could just almost taste the fat in it. It's so good. <laughs> the the chocolate adds the, the sweet to the non-existent salty. And then who doesn't like sprinkles? So a chocolate glazed donut with sprinkles from Krispy Kreme. That's my greatest of all time donut. Pretty good. All right. Well, I'm going to go with, I was going to do chocolate glaze, but that's pretty much the same thing because those are just so delicious. So good. But I had like a 1 and 1A basically, so I have no problem going with this one. But uh, the blueberry muffin donut from Dunkin' Donuts, it is phenomenal. It's basically like a cake donut. That it's like a blueberry muffin made into a donut and glazed. And it is just like I go there and me and Alyssa will get like half a dozen donuts and I'll get three of those and then whatever she wants she can pick. And I just eat three of the same donuts because they're so that's good. That's awesome. That's so awesome. blueberry muffin donut from Dunkin', that's mine. Pat, I'm going to have to try trying, that. I'm not trying to hate on your donut, but I am out on cake donuts. You don't like Dude, cake donuts? They're they're not my thing. I'm all about the airy. See, just I can I can see that for shit. sure. Okay, this is like the only donut at Dunkin' Donuts, other than that, and the chocolate glaze there that are like more solid, like cakey. All the other ones are airy, but have you tried the the double chocolate donut from Dunkin' Donuts? Yes, so good. Like the the tire whatever donut with the chocolate. Yeah, dude, so good, so good. I'm gonna go get donuts after this. At, right. uh, Alex and I go every Friday for Donut Friday, so I'm going to try your, your blueberry <laughs> one on Friday. Nice. nice. All right. My goat donut is um, a 
kind of a staple in the donut community, and it is a Boston cream donut. But it cannot be from a shitty, like, Dunkin' Donuts or little, I guess, fake. Um, it's got to be from a really good bakery. Like Stan's Donuts? Yeah. Um, where they pump it full of that really rich homemade cream. Um, you get the chocolate glaze on top, and then there's also not a cake donut, so that's why I'm in on it. Uh, you get that light, airy dough, and then the cream filled. And the really good ones are basically packed to the brim, not where you take like five bites and then you finally get to the cream. They're just one bite and you're all in on there. So Boston cream, be- that's my goat. I I believe those are, Pat, those are dad's favorite as well. Yeah, he um, loves Boston cream. My honorable mention was a raspberry filled jelly donut. Those are really good I could too. I eat the shit out of those. They're all so day long. sugary, and dude. Oh my gosh, they're so. Good. I also had um, Dunkin' Donuts maple milk, maple donut. I have not had that. I was gonna say maple bacon donut. If you've ever been to Mariano's, they have oh, a yeah, yeah they have a really Long good. John with maple glaze, and then just a slice of bacon right down the top of it. Yeah, Stan's Donuts has a really good maple bacon one too. But Andy, you said you like more airy donuts. Next time you're at a Dunkin' Donuts, try their maple. It's it's phenomenal. For sure. All right, so then we'll do 90s fashion trends since we all grew up in the 90s, basically. Uh, this is a tough one because I think all the ones that I have are good options, and I don't know which one I want to pick. But I guess I'll go with what I wrote down first, and that is blonde frosted tips. That was my number two. This was all the rage in the 90s. <laughs> Justin Timberlake had the ramen noodle hair. And pretty much any time anyone in elementary school would go on vacation, they would spray sun in in their hair, come back guilty. with a nice, yeah, guilty as well, <laughs> nice sun-kissed hair. Although when me and Jimmy did it, our hair turned orange because our hair is so dark. Yeah, it was so like that a, was a mistake. orange. It wasn't, it wasn't what I was going for at all. Yeah, we we looked like the kid in that uh, Luck of the Irish Disney movie where he turned into a leprechaun <laughs> and his hair started turning orange. Yeah, we did. That was me that was... and Jimmy. So, But you look at like um, Home Improvement, the oldest son had the blonde frosted tips. All the boy band singers had it. So I'm going to go with that. Blonde, blonde frosted tips. Goat 90s fashion trend. All right. I'll go next only because I didn't have a third and I'm worried that it might get taken. <laughs> um, mine, my uh, number one goat for nineties fashion trend was Jenko's. Damn it. That was my number two. <laughs> uh, the big ass baggy jeans that were so oversized for anyone that wore them. If you were 90 pounds, you'd wear a pair that were, 40 inches long and a size 36 if you shout were, out to danny rafter who still wears them to this day <laughs> <laughs> if you were 300 pounds you'd wear a size 50 and they were length 50 no matter how big you were they were always oversized they had the carpenter loops on them the big deep pockets in the back and then super wide legged no matter how big you were so Jenkos were are my goat '90s fashion. It's like those um, those weight loss pictures where it's like one person yeah. standing on the other leg of the jean. Like you could just do that regularly. Right? In it's Jankos. like no, dude, you're still big. You just <laughs> bought Jenkos. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. So mine, um, my second one, because my first one was gonna be Jenko jeans. My second one is um, 
I, I couldn't decide which one to go with, so I'm just going to say them both because I, I think they're equally important than 90s fashion trends. Those were Airwalk shoes and Doc Martens. I had both of those on the list. <laughs> yes, I had I had Airwalks. Um, the, they're black and white, I believe, and I had Doc Martens more so, Pat, because I think Mom wanted us to have them than we even wanted them. Um, right. But I remember everyone... In either in Airwalk shoes or some form of Doc Martin boots, shoes, sandals, whatever. And those have kind of started to make a comeback a little bit. I will not be uh, partaking in that comeback. <laughs> <laughs> All right, honorable honorable mentions for that one. I also had starter jackets. Oh yeah, um, I'd wear the shit ups- out of those. Upside down visors. Bucket caps. No, f- yeah, right. Bucket caps. No fear shirts. And chain wallets. Ah, chain chain walls. That's a good one. I was gonna okay, say was puka, sh- puka shell necklaces too. Puka shell is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so God, the nineties sucked. <laughs> the uh, the other one I had. See, I read this as nineties fashion or nineties trends. So I wasn't sure which it was. So I put a trend on there, and the trend I put was TGIF. Ah. <laughs> Friday nights. See the best origi- shows. Originally, I, I put trends too. I put down pogs because those oh, were like pogs. the coolest things to Man, play we with. We thought and those would be worth millions one day. Yeah, God, were we wrong? Right. All right. So good job with those. We'll keep those coming as well. We have a lot of fun doing those. I'm gonna do a quick rapid fire and then we'll close up for another successful episode of Bros. Let's Talk. So Tiger Woods has lawyered up after ex-girlfriend Lindsey Vaughn. Her phone was hacked, and nude pictures of both athletes were leaked, including a picture of Woods hanging dong. Huge cock. I know Huge he's dong. pissed. I know he's pissed, and I would be too, especially because I have kids. But man, good for him. He's gonna be Chili's waitresses are gonna be lining up for this dude after good that picture came out. Good for him. Scumbag Tiger. for hacking Lindsey Vonn's phone. Whoever did it, but good for Tiger. Tiger Woods with 14 majors and his huge dong is greater than Jack Nicholas with 18 majors. I'm just saying. And probably a regular-sized dog. And, Not end that of we've ar- seen end it. Of no offense, Jack. Maybe you're packing. I don't know. I think he's got to change his name to Tiger's Wood now. Yeah, right, dude? <laughs> well, see, that to me was the funniest part. Is his name in general, you can kind of construct however you want to imply that, and then and then you find out it's true. So good for you, Tiger. You know, he's had so much bad shit going on. He needed that. Years. Good for him. He you know what? Tiger probably hired the hackers because he needed a victory, and this was definitely it. The best and part is that he's, he's pretty ripped too in those in those pictures. Lindsey Vaughn is an absolute smoke show, but the biggest story is Tiger Woods' dick in those pictures. Right? There's <laughs> like fifteen to twenty naked pictures of Lindsey Vaughn. There's one picture of Tiger, and everyone's Absolutely. like, "Oh my gosh, dude!" Right. Not, not gonna lie, when when I heard the story, the first person I searched was Tiger Woods. I. I didn't even look up the girls first. I searched Tiger Woods first. <laughs> well, I saw someone posted a, a story on Barstool earlier um, that said, am I gay for looking at Tiger Woods' dick before Lindsey Vaughn's ass? Nope. Absolutely not. Just stood out there. It was ridiculous. All right. Um, Odell, Andy mentioned a little bit earlier, but Odell Beckham Jr. was injured in the Giants' preseason game against the Browns after being undercut by a cornerback. It uh, looked pretty bad, but initial diagnosis was an ankle sprain. He's getting further tests done, but something to keep an eye on with the season just around the corner. 
The Powerball has been raised to a massive $700 million, which is life-changing money. So make sure you buy your tickets. I already bought it. Win, already going to win. Don't even worry about it. Well, if, if Jimmy doesn't win and someone listening to this wins, just giving you a friendly reminder who, who reminded you to buy the ticket. Sweat the beak. Just a little bit. And the New England Patriots decided to give President Donald Trump a Super Bowl 51 ring. It's like literally, I think that's the least surprising news that happened all week. But that was Don't right. care. Yeah, that too. Who gives a shit? It's throwing it out there. I thought it was interesting. It was a stupid story, Pat. Don't bring it up. Sorry, that was fake news. <laughs> um, so that's our show. Uh, I did want to mention before we ended the show that we have been challenged to a challenge accepted. We are trying to determine the date in which we're going to get this done. But we're going to we're going to call this the mock draft challenge because my lovely wife Alyssa challenged us to a competition in which the three of us must must take the five items that we chose for our fast food mock draft and our alcoholic drink mock draft and the first person to finish an item from each fast food place and drink all five drinks on their list wins the challenge so one of us will most likely throw up so you're going to want to tune into that so we'll keep you posted for when that's coming going to be real drunk real full yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah. It's going to be interesting, so we'll see what happens. But that's our show. Thank you, everyone, who tuned in to listen. Just a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter. The page is at Bros Let's Talk with no apostrophes. I am at RiledUp17. Andy is at AndyBob17. And Jimmy is at JimmyRiley underscore. You can search us on Facebook at Bros Let's Talk. Like and share our page so your friends can like and share the page. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play Podcasts, or to listen directly, you can go to brosletstalk.podbean.com. That's brosletstalk, no apostrophes, .podbean.com. For Jimmy and Andy, this is Pat. Later, bros. See you, dudes. Ever, ever, ever leave each other. I just like the same thing.